Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we watch Blizzard like the ancient peacock Argus staring at all Zeus's misdeeds. I don't know why I went with that, but there we are. Uh, I'm Matt. I'm the host. With us this week are two fantastic co-hosts, including her first official jaunt as replacement, I guess. Liz Harper, Uh, editor for the site. Liz, what have you been doing this week? uh, What have I been doing this week? I've started with a new raid team that raids in the morning, so that's been exciting. And right now we're basically doing Heroic Antorus and trying to figure out our new classes and dealing with insurmountable game-breaking bugs because stuff isn't balanced anymore. Yeah, that is the problem with stuff like this. I I, I think we didn't. We do a post about the problems with artifacts, I think, fairly recently. Uh, I yeah. think Scott Andrews, yeah, because I think that it's yeah. really showing up now. Yeah. But beyond, beyond just the artifacts being gone, they're like because of the stat squish there are a ton of encounters that are just bugged like there were hot fixes this week that reduced the damage of the hounds of what are they the hounds, the hounds in Antorus. yeah, the hounds yeah those guys the it reduced their damage or the damage of one of their spells by like 75 percent because like a heroic a team that's used to clearing heroic argus just could not kill them so yeah okay yeah that's unfortunate but you know <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Sorry, guys. They'll they'll get it balanced eventually. Hopefully, yeah. it'll all be fixed by the expansion, and we can play again. Well, one assumes that the expansion content is probably a little bit more balanced than stuff from before it, because that's where most of the attention is on the beta. But also, yeah. with us this week, we should probably mention her because she kind of holds the entire show together. She's like the force, except for this show. Uh, Anne Stickney. Anne, what have you been doing this week? So the monk trainers routinely beat the crap out of my monk. <laughs> like for any particular reason or just because? Uh, I Okay. So when you level a monk, 
you every day you can go to the monk sanctuary place and they give you a daily quest and they say go beat up this trainer and then they give you a buff that's like an XP buff type thing. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember. About. Okay, yeah, I, yeah I you remember this. You remember this. Right now, for whatever reason, when I go take that daily and I go to beat the 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 dude, I'm barely able to do it. <laughs> and I have to heal myself a lot while I'm doing it. And I'm playing Windwalker. I'm playing the DPS spec. I don't know what ha- it's like it's like all of the dudes up there in the little sanctuary temple thing have been like I don't know, they're juicing or something. I have no idea. <laughs> ah yes, the the before one expan the before one expansion but after the other feeling. No, it's really full funny. It's really funny though, because when I'm out in the world and actually leveling, okay, things are dying the way they're supposed to be dying, you know, relatively quickly, not too quickly. It's it's fine. There hasn't been too much of a change out in the real world. It's just when I go I think that those trainers, you know, Liz was talking about stuff not being balanced or whatever. I think that those trainers, something got a little bit wonky with the item squish. And they're a little beefier than they really need to be. You know what I wonder? There's like, we know that there's an under the hood adjustment to all like old yeah. world mobs. Yeah. I wonder if it's yeah. not being applied to your trainers. I don't know. I, I don't know. Sense. But um, if anybody from Blizzard is listening to this, maybe you <laughs> should look at those guys. Because like I said, they're seriously, it's like they're hopped up on something. Um, I can beat them. It just takes a heck of a lot longer. And I almost die if I do not spend, actively spend time healing myself with my wimpy little Windwalker heal. I will die. Um, I don't think that's supposed to happen in training. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, though, I mean, I haven't really noticed anything, like, too major going on. My rogue really isn't playing much differently. Um, I don't have all of the bells and whistles that I used to have with my artifact weapon, which is kind of sad. But other than that, I mean, I can still kill a mob in, you know, three or four hits. It's good. (laughs) I'm okay with it. The other part that I kind of uh, like right now is that uh, leech poison is slapped on by D I think it's a talent that you pick now with leech poison where it slaps itself on there on top of your other poisons. So instead of having deadly and leech, which is what I usually run with when I'm leveling, I have deadly, which comes with leech tied in and then I can throw crippling or wound on there. I can have three poisons up at once. It's pretty cool. I'm all right. Yeah, with that. I'm, I've got to say that for me, at least fury is right now. It's a delightful spec just because they put a self heal in. And, yeah, yeah Fury is it nice have when one. they do that? When Crimson yeah. Vile really changed the game as far as rogues go. I mean, I was still running around with my typical stack of bandages because you do that as a rogue, like you always do that as a rogue, just in case. I I didn't even hardly use them because with Crimson Vile, like the self heal, there was almost no reason for it. Yeah, Fury actually had one before this expansion, but in Legion they took it out and just gave it to Arms, oh. and so. Now Fury has one too, so it's actually really nice. I've been playing Fury a lot more. So all but we should probably do. Do hmm? all three specs have it now? I believe so. I don't remember for sure that Prot has it, but I'm pretty sure it does. I know that Arms has it. Okay. So yeah, um, okay. we should probably move on to talking about some of them top stories though, because quite a few things happened this week. Uh, first up, we should just flat out talk about this. The Warbringer short came out. <gasps> uh, it was the, so good. Uh, okay. The first one, the, the Jaina one. Uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, well, I, I don't really know if it's spoilers. It's a short. Uh, go ahead and go watch it, I guess, if you're listening to this recorded. If you're not, uh, go see it after. I don't think we can – we're not going to 
there's if no you, spoilers to give you. No. If you ever wanted to hear Laura Bailey sing, go watch Warbringers. If you mm-hmm. never thought about hearing Laura Bailey sing, go watch Warbringers. If you don't really care one way or another, just go watch Laura, Warbringers because it's, oh my gosh. They yeah. started off with a bang on that one. That was so good. I can't get that song out of my head. I'm really curious, not just about the short that, that we've seen, not just the Jaina short, which, uh, as one, I think it was Perculia pointed out, it ties directly into the comic. If you've read the Jaina comic, this is like literally the last panel of the comic is the first first scene of this short. Like you, you straight up, it, they, the two follow right upon each other. Yeah. And uh, it's basically Jaina. I don't want. If you want to know how it all ties together, if you've read Before the Storm, there is a scene in Before the Storm where Jaina goes to Dalaran and she has a conversation with Caligos. She leaves Caligos. When she leaves Caligos, she goes back to Dalaran. That's when the events of the comic happen. After the events of the comic, Warbringers kicks in. So it's all woven together really well. I love it. Yeah, basically, it's sort of a psychopomp scene where Jaina is going to relive the uh, death of her father and her role in it. And it's really worth seeing. Uh, if you want to get a sense as where her psychology is right now, where the character has gone after Legion, this is this is really good to watch for that. And it is the music is amazing. Uh, I forget that there's an Irish choir backing up Laura, and she does an amazing job singing it as well. And the visuals are haunting it's it's really well done uh i'm very interested to see what they do next week like if it's ashara or if it's sylvanas i kind of hope it's sylvanas and then ashara because the ashara one is the big unknown for me you know we've seen a lot of sylvanas in the like there was an entire comic about the windrunner sisters we we kind of know sylvanas's role in this expansion we know what she's going to do we're seeing that in game we see that in cinematics ashara is a complete unknown we don't know what she's doing so I want very much to see what they what they pull up for that. But either way. It from the preview trailer it looked like we would be seeing some stuff about Ashara like at the end of War of the Ancients because there were a couple of shots of her as still Elfie and kind of falling through the water. So, yeah, I can't wait to see that one. Um there seems to be some confusion out there as far as this particular Warbringers goes, the Jaina short, there are a lot of people who are taking what is happening in the animated short from a literal standpoint, like she's actually handing a necklace to a dead body and all this other stuff, and there's, like, ghosts and things. I I think that this is one of those ones where you have to look at it, and it's much more of a figurative piece. Like, she's she's... It's like a metaphor. <laughs> is it a metaphor or a simile? Simile, probably. We're, this is this is sort of. It's no. It's a metaphor unless they actually say like or as. Okay, it's 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 a reflection <laughs> of her kind of facing her inner demons, as it were. Okay, uh, the things that haunt her on a daily basis. Only we're actually seeing the things that haunt her on a daily basis, and particularly now, um, the bit at the end with the ship and raising the ship out of the water—that was very literal, and we will see why in a few weeks. And that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> but yeah, um, Liz, do you want to talk about anything here before we move on? Uh, I don't think I have anything to say that y'all haven't already said. It was amazing. You should watch it. And I think it really is sort of, it sets the tone. It's not a big story piece, but it sets the tone for everything. Jaina, I think. Alrighty. It, yeah. It, it's, it's very much, it's kind of, uh, 
an introspective look at Jaina and what's going on in Jaina's head as she's thinking about all of this stuff. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, something I wanted to talk about personally, and, you know, we can get talk to about it fairly quickly and then move on, but there's stuff going on with Diablo again. Yes. Uh, weird. This, this time, it's there's two things. One is that they're publishing a hardcover called The Book of Adria, which is, if you saw The Book of Cain or The Book of Tyrael, it's in that line. It's supposedly a bestiary of the Diablo universe, which is interesting as a, a book written from Adria's perspective about the various demons and monsters of the Diablo setting. That's something I'd like to see first off the bat. Um, secondly, though, what I thought was really fascinating was that they're also putting out a comic book. And the comic book is by Titan Books, which is, if, if you don't know who they are, they do a lot of video game adaptations and stuff. They did The Witcher 3. They did uh, Wolf Castle Wolfenstein. So that's an interesting tie-in there. But more importantly, they got Marv Wolfman to write it. And if you don't know who Marv Wolfman is, Marv Wolfman invented the, the new Teen Titans as we know them now, the, the, the characters like Starfire, He's Cyborg. He's a super big yeah. name in comics, yeah. guys. Like yeah, a he wrote, really he wrote, big name. He wrote Crisis on Infinite Earths. That's how big he is. The, the book that literally changed comics forever. Uh, he wrote it. So that's fascinating because they're doing both of them now. The, the, the Book of Adria is coming out in October. Uh, the, the, the Diablo comic is apparently coming out by the end of this year. That's the, uh, the press release announced that it will be out by the end of this year. Why? Why are they doing this? I Why mean, are they ordinarily, doing ordinarily, I'd say, oh, they're just trying to keep interest in Diablo and, inter you know, putting new story stuff out there or whatnot. But the thing is, is like, you don't bring Marv Wolfman in on a title unless it's important. Yeah, I guess also, that's that's where I'm sitting on all of this is he's he's a really big name, like a really big name in comics. So it's sort of also, astonishing that they've brought him in on this. Liz, I'm sorry. Uh, and also they like haven't expressed any interest in doing things to keep Diablo alive up until this point. <laughs> I mean, they've been pretty happy to do Diablo without any new Diablo content for quite they, a while. They've been doing the season stuff, and that's about it. Like, that's where they... And, and the season stuff is just, okay, this is a repeat. You can play the same content you've played before again, and isn't that fun? And I mean, it's fun to smash things, but it's like, it's not new. It's just, okay, we're going to increase the number and start over. It's yeah, there's no new story involved with seasons or anything, but I mean, with the seasons rolling out as they are, there there's still a team that's working on Diablo, obviously, cuz you know, yeah. they're doing the whole season rollouts and stuff. We just haven't seen any story stuff. And that's what I think mm. we should point out at this Not point that there's been the uh the unannounced mystery project which we've we've mentioned a couple of times. They've been hiring people steadily throughout For the past couple years. of years. Yeah. And so I'm at the point now where I was you can go back and read old cues and stuff I've written. I've been the guy saying, don't get excited. It's all speculation. Don't mm. assume anything's going to happen. But I'm sorry. These two announcements back to back have me thinking Gamescom's coming up next month. Uh, BlizzCon is in November. Here's my thing with, um, with that. Uh, they don't have any major game announcements for BlizzCon this year. Because they, they aren't going to do a World of Warcraft expansion announcement because the new expansion will just have come out. I don't I think they're going to do anything new. Well, and I don't think they're going to do anything new for Hearthstone because Hearthstone, I, I mean, there's the whole thing going on with Hearthstone right now that's like a big thing. 
So yeah, I yeah, that's boom, going to be out. Boom thing, yeah. I don't. It's that's that's out in the beginning of August, so it's it's so a little they might fast roll too. out. They they might go ahead. Maybe. And... They might go ahead and do the new Hearthstone thing then, because that, that, yeah, that's announce. kind of a typical thing yeah. for BlizzCon. Heroes of the Storm, maybe we'll get a new hero. Same thing with Overwatch, maybe we'll get a new hero, new map, new something like that. There's no big World of Warcraft announcement this year, though, which leaves room for something else. And I, I wasn't. I'm 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 also one of those people that's been kind of erring on the side of caution as far as you know we can't make too much about unannounced projects da, 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 da. we can't say oh yes they're going to make an announcement this year da, 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 because it's they'll announce things when they're good and ready to announce things but Marv Wolfman you guys <laughs> like... yeah having having Marv Wolfman be on a book and then having a, a Diablo project come out in October the month of Halloween like a week or two before BlizzCon feels to me like I went from absolutely unwilling to commit on this to about 50% willing <laughs> to commit on this just from the book of Adria. Then you put Warf, Marv Wolfman on a comic and, and you sneak it out. The announcement was like barely even, they just like, it oh, was at Comic-Con. They just dropped it at Comic-Con. It was at, it was at Comic-Con, but they didn't do a blog post on it. No. Yeah. They didn't do, they, they sent out a tweet. I think that's all they did as a public announcement. They tweeted about it. Yeah. And just, I mean, obviously the gaming press including us immediately was like what 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 did you just say but yeah, yeah every I'm... i think every single news <laughs> news outlet out there immediately like ears perked up what <laughs> you know yeah. like immediately so, yeah. <laughs> but yeah right now that's we don't we still don't have anything concrete to tell you um i don't think there will be an announcement at gamescom i'd be really surprised if there was because i think they're going to do any announcement they're going to do if they're going to do one, they're going to do it at BlizzCon because it's the October release of Book of Adria. Uh, it's right there. And the comic coming out by the end of the year, I definitely think if there's going to be a Diablo news announcement, it will be at BlizzCon. But that's just me calling it right now. But uh, it's time right now to hand it over to Ann, who's got some stuff to talk about with us. Hey, you guys, if you enjoy our show, you should consider checking out CuriosityStream at BlizzardWatch.com slash Curiosity. With CuriosityStream, you can watch over 1,500 science, history, tech, and nature doc... I can't talk today. Nature documentaries, wherever you happen to be. It's sort of like Netflix, only it's just for, like, documentary-type content. That might sound a little boring, but oh my gosh, there's like a million different documentaries on there that are fascinating, and they cover everything from you know, stuff that goes on in history or Rossi, you were talking about that one. That's basically like the history of words. Yeah. It was, it's <laughs> the, called the history of English. Yeah, yeah. It's called the history of English. And it's one of my favorite ones they've got. They do a lot of stuff. They do all the, like there's tons of ones that are just like, you know, Ooh, it, did aliens build the pyramids? The answer is no, by the way, they, it wasn't aliens. It wasn't they, aliens. The Egyptians. Did but it. the documentary but, is pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. But they, they have a ton of different stuff. They've got one on Bleckley park. That is really great. If you're into cryptography, it's a good service. Uh, I can I can't afford it every month, but I've I've used it several times now. It's it's really cool. And if you guys are interested in checking that out, you can try out the service with a one week free trial, and then subscriptions start at just two ninety nine a month. So it's not really super expensive. It's less than Netflix, and they do add new shows every week, so it's worth sticking around. Again, you can find Curiosity Stream at blizzardwatch.com slash curiosity, and every new subscription helps support our show and everything that we do. Okay, uh, we should probably now talk about patch 8.0 in world of warcraft because this week is the start of the story content for the patch um if war of the thorns is that what yeah. they were calling it yeah war of the thorns yeah. if you log on your level 110 characters 
uh, you'll get a pop-up from either uh, Anduin or Sylvanas basically starting the campaign from your faction's side. Um, I've been ignoring them because, quite frankly, I'm not ready. But um, I did it on a Horde character, and yeah. It, it, it's definitely ramping up the tension. Uh, I feel like, you know, Anne should probably talk about it now because I feel you've probably done it more than I have. I only did it the one time. I did it I did it on the Horde side on the PTR, and then I did it on Alliance side yesterday. And it's, you know, very much there's two different sides to the story, that kind of thing. But um, the Horde do not look good in this. They do not look good. They don't look good on the Alliance side for sure. They don't look so good on the Horde side either. As as a Horde player, as somebody who's been playing Horde pretty much since Classic, it just it made me feel kind of uncomfortable with what we were doing. Um, on the one hand, though, when you divorce yourself from all of that and you just look at it from a purely logistic standpoint, what Sylvanas is trying to do is logically sound. Like, as far as cutting off supply lines and keeping the... She's basically doing what Garrosh was trying to do when Garrosh went after Theramore. He was planning on claiming the whole of Kalimdor for the Horde. Sylvanas is kind of doing the same thing. Different reasoning, though. She's not really interested in Horde supremacy or anything like that. She's more interested in keeping that wonderful, wonderful supply of Azerite that's down in Silithus right now to herself to the Horde and not letting the Alliance get their hands on it. So what she's doing from a tactical standpoint makes perfect sense. From a moral standpoint, I don't really like it, but you know, what can you do? (laughs) Uh, This is just the first part of the sequence though. So what happens is you go through, you play through all of it and it seems to end on kind of an abrupt note. And then world quests open up in Darkshore. And if you haven't done the world quests in Darkshore, I recommend you start doing them. Um, If you didn't, if you don't have the set, the uh, faction, or excuse me, your class-based set, the updated class-based sets that you get when you boost a character from from level one, basically, or uh, it was the same sets that you could get from the salvage yard in Warlords. That's the transmog sets that you're looking at here. So if you're missing any pieces from that, it's worth going to do the world quest just to get those. But there also, are some there are some of those are... there are some of those pieces that are actually a really high eye level and the weapons in particular some people are running into weapons that are actually they're a higher eye level with better stats than their artifact weapons. Yeah, it's some of them I've seen are like item level two ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is significantly better than like the 175 to 180 gear you'd have if you were if you're fully you know if you just level boosted your gears around 180 so it's a pretty it's a substantial yeah. upgrade yeah you can go kit yourself out pretty good particularly for your alts speaking of alts if you have done if you have played through all of the story stuff on one character and you want to take an alt through it, when you go talk to your faction leader, don't accept the next part of the quest chain. There's a dialogue option where you can skip all of the intro quests and just get straight to the world quests if you want to. Um, which is kind of nice when you're running with however many alts you guys are running with. <laughs> I know I have like eight, something like that. I don't know. I have I have a pretty sizable number of alts at this point. So being able to skip all of the quests and not having to do that whole thing over and over and over again, that's appreciated. Um, yeah, I have only about five alts that I leveled to the point where they can do this. And even then, it's it gets to be like, I was going to bring them all like to the 
throne of not the throne of Thunder, timeless isle here mm-hmm. to do the pre-show stuff we're doing and i realized no moving five alts to a place to do stuff is a pain it's way too much time so yeah, yeah it's nice to be able to skip that you could skip it not only can you skip it but the dialogue option will also teleport you over to dark shore so you can get started on that stuff in earnest so you don't have to do like a ton of travel time or anything like that. They'll they'll shortcut that for you, which is really nice. It's really nice. Um, you can play through all of that stuff again. You know, there's a pop up as soon as you log in, as long as you're on a 110. Now, if you are under 110, these things don't apply to you. So no, it doesn't look like we're getting the whole thing that we got at the end of uh, Warlords, where we had the Legion invasions and everybody was using the invasions to level their alts really super fast. It doesn't look like we're getting that this time, but... Yeah, I get the feeling that they learned from that mistake. So they didn't intend for people to be using it like they did. So. <laughs> but boy, was it fun, wasn't it? <laughs> boy, I I have a new car- a new main because of it. I switched mains and I leveled it all the way from 1 to 100 in like, I think, a day and a half. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Technically, you're not supposed to be able to do that. But yeah, so... Um, if you do have a stable of alts, it's worth going to and doing the world quest. There's only like a handful out there. So you don't, I mean, you, and I think it's just, when I say that they're world quests, I think it's like there's a certain number per day. And when you finish them, the next day they kick in again. I don't think that they cycle every few hours. It doesn't seem to be, but I'm, I've it not. I, yeah. It didn't do it for me yesterday. So I don't know. But I, okay, we should probably... uh talk about some other stuff um one thing we should talk about which is involved kind of in patching point zero is uh if you guys play beast mastery hunters at all you probably already noticed you don't have hottie anymore the the thunder wolf that uh i've actually stopped playing my my beast mastery hunter because yeah have it wasn't just the draw of having two pets although that certainly was fun you kind of like hottie is unique or was unique the pathing was interesting you kind of get to I don't know how to explain it. Like I got used to how Hottie worked and understood it. And I know you can take a talent now, but it, do- it still doesn't feel right. It feels kind of like you're betraying your friend. I was one of those people who never changed how Hottie looked. Some people would like get that, got the book and changed Hottie over to look like their uh, other pet. I never did that. So for Here's me, I always thing. had Hottie. Blizzard. Okay. We were running with two pets. And I think Blizzard thought that that was the thing that everybody was so focused on was the fact that we had two pets and two pets were really cool. So they gave Beastmasters, Beastmastery Hunters, they gave them a talent where it'll pick, like if you have any other pet equipped or whatever, it'll take the first pet that's like in your little stable and summon that with them so that you have two pets again. But the thing is, is it's not the two pets. It, it's, it's Hattie. We like, we really liked our Sparky Wolf. That that's the thing that we're missing. Yeah, at least a sizable chunk of Beast Mastery Hunters. It yeah. wasn't it was specifically that it was specifically Hottie. We, we saved him, you know? There was like an well, emotional attachment there. And that's actually true, I think, for other artifacts as well. Um some artifacts in the game have personality. Hottie had personality despite not talking to you, because like I said, the, the idiosyncrasies of using Hottie taught you what it was like. You just it kinda it was like you had this little wolf friend who did strange things and you were like, ah oh, Hottie. He went and pulled a whole bunch of stuff I didn't want again. <laughs> Classic Hottie. <laughs> um, and so like with with the uh the warlock artifact, the I can't Skull of the Monary or the Mage Staff Alaneth or the evil cutlery set that the Shadow Priests are obsessed with. <laughs> Zalatath. Um, 
it's disturbingly so, by the way, you guys, you need help. Um, it's, it's actually an abusive relationship that the knife is bad for you and you need an intervention. But anyway, uh, seriously, like these, these things, people liked them more than they actually cared about the power of the artifact. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't about how cool and powerful the artifact made you. It was about the lore and flavor of them. I think in some cases, it was about the fact where it was about the fact that they would talk back to you. (laughs) Yeah. Or like I said with Hottie, you know, Hottie's there. You could look, you could remember that quest to get the the quest to get your uh, Titan strike. It takes you all over the place. And by the end of it, you know, you, you get the moment where the wolf saves you and you're like, Oh no. And there's this like, horrible moment where you think he's going to die and then Thorim like binds him to the gun and hands it to you and it's like you know I guess he's yours now I just I don't know it's sort of like your your weird friend Thorim who lives in the mountains and is constantly telling you about it has given you something so anyway what I haven't mentioned yet is that they've said this they're going to bring Hottie back in some form uh, first uh, Ian Hezekostas mentioned it during the Q&A last week that yeah they, they were taken aback by how many people were really you know, upset about losing Hottie and that they definitely are looking into ways to bring him back in the future. And they, he mentioned the other artifacts of personality as well. And then Steve Danuser, uh, re- he basically retweeted a tweet. And I can't remember her name. Angela White, I want to say. I don't remember her name. It was a beautiful oh, piece of artwork. O'Hara. Yeah. Um, did a really great artwork of her, her void uh, hunter, her void, her void elf hunter. Um, hugging Hottie and saying she didn't want him to go. And then, like, you know, Steve Daniels responded with, a, you know, I'm looking down at my dog right now, and, yeah, right in the fields. So they will be bringing Hottie back. If you're a Beast Mastery Hunter and you've been, like, going, where's my Sparky Wolf? You you will get your Sparky Wolf back. And I'm I'm thrilled because then I get to play my Hunter again. They haven't said <laughs> how. I mean, it might just be, oh, you get to go tame him again or something and add him to your regular stable of pets. Or maybe he just shows up again. Don't know. But um, I'm happy that he's coming back. You have to take the Titan Strike. You have to get in your DeLorean. You have to drive to the town square <laughs> and hit that cable just as lightning comes down. And restart 88 Titan miles Strike. an hour or whatever it was. <laughs> just just, just restart Titan Strike just enough to get Hottie out. And then, you know, you've just got him out and he's like, Okay, I'm gonna go pull some mobs now when you don't want it. Like, okay, that's what you do, little Good guy. Good boy. <laughs> Seriously, that that guy has gotten me killed like three times, and I miss him. Uh, also, this week, what else has been going on? Um, there is I, this is one I don't really know a whole heck of a lot about, but I know Hearthstone got a new comic. Uh, did did we talk about that at all? It, it's uh, boom we, experiment. Uh, we didn't. It's the first comic. I mean, I had it in need to be written section for a while, but no one was jumping on it. So we might jump on it. It's one of three. So we might jump on it when we have, like, the whole story. Uh, but it's interesting. It's it's a comic about Dr. Boom. And it's kind of interesting that Dr. Boom started out as a Warcraft character who was... He didn't really have a story. He was a goblin. He blew stuff up. That was about you went and killed him. And that was, that was kind of it. Yeah, they, they uh, hired me. I remember they hired me to murder him. Uh, <laughs> I don't even remember who. Wasn't it the Ethereals hired me to murder him? Up in Netherstorm? Maybe. It, I, I mean, yeah. he was in Netherstorm. It was someone there. Yeah, I think it was the Ethereals that in in the uh, Area 51 parody place hired me to go murder him for reasons <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, if, while we're talking, like, you know, this is like 11 years ago, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. And and now we have this full expansion based up on him. I mean, he was a legendary Hearthstone card in the classic set, I believe. And he kind of developed, you know, a 
fan base there because it was a really good card and Blizzard retired it to the Hall of Fame, which is just cards you can't use in standard play anymore. So I think Dr. Boom has Hearthstone fans. And so now there's this whole expansion that's about Dr. Boom and it has a little story behind it, which is about Dr. Boom. And you have this whole thing where Dr. Boom, who's a burning crusade Warcraft character who just existed as someone to beat up, who now has a story all of a sudden, a goofy Hearthstone story. They do that in Hearthstone with with regularity, though. Like, they took the Witchwood and made from, like, a place you got to experience if you played a Worgen for, like, five minutes. And they <laughs> turned it into, like, a whole thing. And, it, like, an entire expansion. Or the, the Ungoro one. Yeah, Gadgets and Dark, you know, was it Dark Streets of Gadgets and? Yeah. Or something. Um, Street 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 yeah, which is, like, quite frankly, I want them to take Gadget Zan out and put in <laughs> that Gadget Zan or have us finally go to um, Kazan, Kazan Undermine and like Undermine is like that. So, you know. Yeah, it, I've it, been saying for a us. while now, Undermine should be Goblin Vegas. It'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's been going on. Um, another thing that's been going on is some, a couple of things in Overwatch. Uh we should talk about the support heroes thing first because they're they're rebalancing a lot of support heroes, from what I understand. Yeah, well, okay. First off, we should mention just right off the bat, Wrecking Ball's out, Hammond. We're calling him Hammond, guys. I'm sorry, Wrecking Ball. Anyway. Yeah, I think they're, they're not going to make that shift. Not really. <laughs> Hammond is out. He's playable. You can play him in-game now. He's perfect. He's wonderful. He's a little murderous ball of fluff and <laughs> mechanics. So feel free to go have fun with him. Yeah, they're doing... Um, It's basically like a balance pass to all of the current support heroes in the game right now. The only exception is Zenyatta. Zenyatta is the only one they're not touching for whatever reason. But um, some of them are getting nerfs. Some of them are getting buffs. Mercy and Brigitta are both getting nerfs. And Mercy's nerf... It's basically pulling the healing rate of her primary beam down from 60 to 50 per second. So it's slowing it down kind of a bit. And it shouldn't really change her play, but it's still it's still a nerf. We're still looking at a nerf here. Same, same thing with Brigida. Um, she got a relatively, it seems like a really small nerf. Uh, the cooldown of her shield bash, they're raising it from 6 seconds to 7 seconds. And that isn't really affecting her healing at all. But what it is going to affect is her tempo. Just And for people who are really used to playing Brigitte, there's like a specific... It, when you're playing her, the tempo of play with her, is there's going to be a shift with it. Um, now, on top of that, there are like buffs that are going out. Lucio, Anna, and Moira are all getting buffs. Um, Lucio, his crossfade aura has been increased to 12 meters, and his sound barrier is increased to 700. Like, there's a lot going on with Lucio right now. The biggest thing, though, is that sound barrier is basically being set up to directly counter Junkrat's rip tire. And it didn't really compensate for the rip tire damage before, but it is now. So, hey, that's cool. Because <laughs> uh, there's nothing worse than throwing down your ult and having it be absolutely useless in the face of somebody else's ult. It just it doesn't feel good. Um, Moira's buff is going to her healing regen rate, um, which should give her more of a boost in extended skirmishes and that kind of thing. Anna's buff is interesting because she's her her nano boost. It's healing the target for 300 immediately instead of over time. So it's just like a poop and that's different from how she used to play. So people are going to have to get used to this. Um and they may make additional changes over time, who knows. 
Uh, Zenyatta's not being rolled into this. I think probably because there's just not a lot of issues with Zenyatta at the moment. He's not really out of whack or out of balance. The other ones are a little bit here and there. So all of these guys are being adjusted. They are available to play and test on the PTR right now. So if you're familiar with any of these heroes and you want to see how those changes are going to, you know, affect your gameplay, that kind of thing, just hop on the PTR, check it out. Alrighty. It's awesome. Oh, you were going to talk. I'm sorry, Liz. Just a quick thing, I think. I mean, one thing that I find interesting is that if you watch Overwatch League and, you know, you watch professional Overwatch players, it's Zenyatta and Mercy are like, those are the two healers you see all the time. And occasionally you'll see uh, Lucio jump in. Occasionally you'll see Brigitte. Moira. Moira will pop in every now and again. Brigitte will hop, pop in every now and again. But typically, and typically it's like, Mercy and Zenyatta. So those are like so strong in competitive play. And I sort of wonder if these will bring other heroes into the mix. So we'll see more diverse compositions. I don't know, but maybe. Maybe. Uh, also this week, I'm uh, not this week, but uh, also recently for Overwatch, uh, Jeff Kaplan made the announcement that um, the endorsements and LFG system are doing kind of what Blizzard wanted them to do in that player toxicity, like specifically players who are getting actioned, who are getting reported, it's it's going downhill, like it's dropping. Um, I believe it was something like between 20 and 25%, depending on, you know, the category that you were talking about. In I don't the, have the article in front of me. Yeah, in the Americas, the percentage of competitive matches that contain abusive chat, it's down 26.4% in the Americas. It's down 16.4% in um, Korea, I think it is. And then the daily players that are being abusive, it's down 28.8% in the Americas and 21.6% in Korea, which is crazy good. Those are big yeah, that numbers. Was, that's not an insignificant like, amount. It's like one quarter of the people yeah. who are doing it. And that's that's an amazing thing that I I find myself immediately thinking when I saw that. The first thing that came to my head is, can World of Warcraft please have endorsements? Yeah. Please, because, oh my god. I, as a guy who is done looking for group and looking for dungeon and looking for raid a long, long time now, uh, yeah, I definitely feel like the, these these should be introduced that the endorsement system should be introduced into wow seriously um, seriously yeah that's that's a pretty big deal um that they managed to get it to drop that far uh and we we don't we still don't know about other like they've talked about making other changes to the system to try and you know capitalize on this but they haven't said what they're planning we have no idea what they're thinking about doing but and I mean, that's i'm pretty too. sure i'm pretty sure that part of it is about endorsements but i think that a lot of this a lot of this has to do with the looking for group system because people can actually like compose their own groups and pull in their own players and get rid of players that they don't like they can craft their own gaming experience and usually when people are given the option to craft their own gaming experience they don't include bozos so <laughs> that probably has something to do with that major drop is you know people are leaning more towards the looking for group thing is ridiculously popular people are really enjoying it um mm. and i know i mean world of warcraft already has something similar introduced with the whole group finder thing which is helpful um, I use Group Finder a lot. I don't know about you guys, but I use it a lot, particularly when I'm doing like world quests and things like that, where it's like yeah. an elite mob. I'll just go ahead and like look for a group that's already doing it, hop in on that, kill the thing, and then leave. And and there's like use it a lot for world bosses. I've noticed, yeah. not, maybe not for yeah. other stuff, but for world bosses, I was using it quite a bit. I've used it for um, achievement grinding too. Uh, when I was doing the fishing achievements 
I, I, when I went out to go do the fishing achievements, there were usually big groups of people that were all doing them all at once. And everybody was really, we were all just sitting there, 40, 50 of us chilling, fishing in a pond. That's it. <laughs> there was no <laughs> griefing going on. We were just chilling, fishing. It was great. Um, so I don't know if throwing endorsements in wow would help with that i feel like it must at least a little i mean that's got to have a little bit of something to do with it too over and overwatch i just i think that that group finder the looking for group feature that that's probably got more to do with that substantial drop than the endorsement thing although the endorsement thing is really cool and yeah yeah i think they could use it in wow but yeah, in general, that's an amazing little change that to report drops of between twenty and twenty-five percent. That's substantial. That's a lot of people who are suddenly not being abusive or not being allowed to be abusive. So that's really awesome. Uh, I guess that's basically it for news, though. Um, we've talked about quite a bit of stuff. So I guess we're going to move on to do some emails. So if you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or Blizzard Watch in it. We said, oh, it's for this show. Uh, Anne usually reads them for us, so she's going to read them for us now if she doesn't mind. Okay, first email is from Shad, who's a Blood Elf Pally from Hydal US, and apparently the best thing to happen to tanking since the shield, supposedly. That's what they say. <laughs> anyway, uh, they say, quick tinfoil hat type question. More time has passed since the end of Cataclysm than had passed between the end of Classic and the start of Cataclysm. Thank you, Shad, for making us all feel ancient. Anyway, Shad continues, It could be time to update the world. Maybe include Northern and Pandaria, especially if the Night Elves and the Forsaken are now refugees. Could you see a scenario in which they leverage, leverage their phasing technology to allow them to change the structure of a zone or continent, borders, storylines, quests, etc., for players above 120, the next expansion starting level, which would allow them to tell new stories and zones that have been redone, slash combined, slash split up, and so on. Or just nah. <laughs> And that's from Shad. What do you guys think? I don't know. I think about this from time to time because uh, with the changes going on in Battle for Azeroth, I find myself wondering, are they going to make these permanent changes? We don't know. We have no idea what's going to happen. We know that right now, if you're leveling, you still level in the world where, you know, Lordaeron, I'm not, yeah, Lordaeron's still Forsaken and uh, Teldrassil's still Horde. You don't level in some other play you don't level with them no, gone Drossel is still night elf territory yeah. not horde sorry it's yeah but okay. you, you don't you don't <laughs> you don't level with those changes you still if, if you roll a new orc right now i know this because i did it, he's still in the world as it as it has been up until this point so i don't know if they're gonna do that or not and i don't know if they should just do it for max level people and have everybody level through the cataclysm world still i don't know part of me really feels like maybe it is time for a cata scale revamp like maybe it is time to to do it again. Um, part of me is daunted by that because you, we we remember how big the Cataclysm revamp was. Yeah. I mean, if they do that, they're going to be doing that and not necessarily anything else. So you would have to find a way to make it 120 content. That was the big problem with the Cataclysm revamp was it was a ton of content that you didn't see unless you leveled. It. So yeah. I don't see them doing anything on the scope or scale of Cataclysm ever again. Um, I don't see them remaking the world in that fashion where they actually like redesign full zones and do all of that other stuff on both continents. I don't see them doing that. Um, 
And I feel like, yeah, we should probably reiterate that point because people might not be 100% in the clear about this, but what happens to Darnassus and Teldrassil and what happens in the Undercity, that's stuff that you experience once you hit max level. And if you are max level and you want to go back to Darnassus, there's going to be a bronze dragon NPC that you can talk to who will phase in that content for you so you can still go back to the city and everything it's just in current day lore standpoint it's no longer there um doesn't mean you can't go back to the city the city will still be accessible and available and for lower level characters you will still be leveling up in Teldrassil um same thing with Forsaken players on the Eastern Kingdoms it's it's the same thing uh you'll be able to switch back and forth so don't worry about that it's okay Having said that, I think that if they were going to do anything like that, this is exact. We're seeing exactly how they would do it right now. We're playing through it right now. We're playing through phase one of it right now, because everybody went to Ashenvale and played through these quests, and some very serious things went down, and some things are going down in Darkshore right now. In between, it's it's all like new stuff that's happening in these old zones, but lower level characters aren't aren't seeing that. I, my void elf that I have, the monk, the one that's getting beat up by her trainer, trainers on a daily basis. <laughs> She's in Darkshore right now and all the quests are still there. All the quests are still there. The NPCs are still there. There's nothing going on, Horde Alliance. What are you talking about? I'm just leveling and finding, you know, dead elves from post-cataclysm nonsense. That, that's all that's going on there right now. So I think if they were going to do anything like that, it's possible. And maybe this whole pre-expansion event is kind of like a dry run test sort of thing towards doing that sort of content in the future. But I don't think we're going to see something that's like an immediate worldwide revamp. You know what I mean? Liz, you have anything? I think if they were going to do a worldwide revamp, which I mean, content does feel sort of dusty and it's all right now. It's all very garage area and it's like, okay, garage is gone. But it's all of these marks he left on the world are still happening, you know? Um, but they would have to have a new story to tell. Because uh, what they did in Cataclysm, that was a big story in the world. It was a story that changed the world when Deathwing came and you had Garrosh coming in as Warchief. And it changed the world. Uh, and Babel for Azeroth is a place where they could do that because we are seeing these big things that could change the world. Just it's such a big ask to permanently change the world around you. And also, if they were going to do something like that, they would have to do it in such a way that zones didn't reference the overarching main storyline of any particular expansion but rather existed as like their own kind of entities where they had like their own little self-enclosed story that didn't really address the main narrative. And that way they could kind of exist in perpetuity. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they I wouldn't mean, really feels... be affected by any major changes, like lore changes or anything because yeah. they already exist kind of outside of it. Yeah, there's a lot of storytelling it's so flow. It's so much work, need... though. It's so yeah, much a... work. Yeah. There's a ton of flow that would need to be readjusted. Like, right now, we, we, we forget that in the Cataclysm revamp, they readjusted the story flow for several zones to make it, you know, more equitable between Alliance and Horde. Trying to move that stuff so all the Horde stuff was on Kalimdor and all the Alliance stuff was in the Eastern Kingdoms would be a ton of work. It would be I mean, it would... so much 
It would be a whole expansion, like Cataclysm was. Having it and doing it the way you're suggesting, where it was all phased and you did quests to unlock the changes, that's doable, but it's still a lot of work because you'd still have to make an entire new version of a zone. I mean, Cataclysm Cataclysm feels weird at this point because you had Cataclysm and it did change the world and the whole world changed around you, but now the world has stopped changing as things changed. It'd be nice if things weren't on fire anymore. I'm just saying. (laughs) This is not the expansion if you want things to not be on fire anymore. This is the expansion where things get more on fire again. I'm talking about, like, you know, the cataclysm stuff. It's like, oh, look, this area is sort of overgrown, and it's implied that the rest of the area is going to be overgrown. Oh, look, there's this big volcano here and a bunch of angry fire and all this other stuff. By now, you'd think that the earthen ring would have, like, you know, figured that part out. I don't know. They haven't yet. And it feels a little jarring, particularly when you're leveling through it. And it's like, oh, yeah, look at all the devastation wrought by Deathwing. How many years ago was that now? Four, five? I don't remember. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, I, I Like I said, I could see them doing it in small scale circumstances where they take like a zone where they go, OK, we're going to go to the Barrens. And at level 120, you know, in whatever new content, whatever, at level 120, you go back to the Barrens and there's like something big going down lore wise in the Barrens. And after you finish all of that, the Barrens looks a little bit different, but it's only when you reach that leveling play through that content because phasing has allowed them to do a lot more with the face of the world than ever before. And those having the little bronze dragons there for people to flip back and forth if they want to play through that old stuff, that makes it really, it's a really useful mechanic for them to have. So I could see them doing it. I just, I can't see them devoting all of the time to the entire world like they did with Cataclysm. Because that's part of the reason why Cataclysm yeah. wasn't the world's best expansion. The end game story, there was meat there, but I don't think there was enough meat there. And it was because a lot of the focus was being paid towards that 1 to 60 leveling experience that maybe people didn't go back and play through. You know? Mm-hmm. Not okay. then, necessarily. We've talked that one to death, though. So let's move to the next email <laughs> here. <laughs> this one's good. This one's from Totally EJ, who says, Hello from a patron. Hi, EJ. Thanks for your support. I say, why am I, as a Death Knight, taking instructions from the Lich King and Legion? We broke away from him? I am all confused. Cheers, totally EJ. You're well, not the only one. <laughs> uh, I actually leveled my Death Knight close to the beginning of the expansion. Yeah. So, um, done pretty much all the story on it. I think, Anne, you boosted one so you could do the story mm-hmm. stuff. Mm, Basically, such a good story. Really. What, what started... Super good story. Yeah, what started up... Basically, the the Death Knights made a pact with the new current Lich King, who's you know got Bolvar up in there. They made a deal with him because they were like, we kind of need more power if we're going to fight an invasion of demons. And the Lich King was like, I hate these guys a lot. So why don't we work together? So you go up there, and he's like, okay, I got a line on three mystical artifacts that will make you incredibly powerful. Uh, you were like, well, I do like being incredibly powerful, and the best, so the best part was that. Like, the Death Knights of Acherus were thinking about all of this and going, mm, we're going to need some really powerful stuff. And then conveniently, the Lich King just kind of piped up and said, hey, by the way, I can't do the <laughs> voice. By the way, if y'all are looking for, you know, terrible things to do lots of damage with, <laughs> I happen to have a few spares in the attic. If you want to come over, 
have a drink. We could play some foosball. I can show you all the dangerous <laughs> things in my basement. Actually, it'll be actually, great. Actually, it's, it's it's much much. It's very much like in Aladdin. You're like, I can show you the world. Yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, Darian Darian Wolverine, <laughs> poor Darian. Darian's like, I don't know if I trust this, but we don't exactly have a ton of options. So, okay, I guess we're okay with that. And then we all know what happened to Darien. So mm. yeah, the best part of the whole story is by the by the end of the initial Death Knight starting you know storyline quests, you have personally you have become the Death Lord of the Death Knights, which you know that's great. But you personally handed over four of the most you know famous and powerful people throughout Azerothian history to the Lich King to turn into his horsemen, including Nazgrim. You know, is, is Nazgrim right or is it? Yeah, yeah. Nazgrim. Nazgrim. Uh, Thoras Trollbane, you oh. know, the, from from Warcrafts one and two. You know the uh, Stromgard hero, yeah, him. Yeah. Uh, Inquisitor, uh, you know, White, White Mane. Mane. You hand it over, White oh. Mane, and because then... we haven't had enough of White Mane. <laughs> She's a death <laughs> right now. She's real then... thrilled about that too. <laughs> yeah, she she ain't happy, uh, especially since she has to work for the brother of the guy she was kind of dating. So yeah, <sighs> oh, there's a lot of tension in there one. But then the best part is when the Lich King is like, okay. What we really need here is somebody who can get out of an ice block. So I'm sending you to go steal We need a body. super powerful leader, and I know a former Popsicle who's, like, way, way good. He wanted my job, but I took it. So to make sure no one ever gives him my job, you should go get him now. So, so he sends you to break into the Paladin Class Order Hall. And yeah. you do. I, I did. I walked right on in. It's very uh, pretty down there. Uh, I... I personally kicked both a pony bright mane and Lady Liadrin in the face repeatedly uh, to try and steal the body of Tyrion Fordring, only for the Holy Light itself to get real mad. She yeah, didn't like that. That's the thing is like everybody wonders where that light downstairs in the basement comes from. Like there's no windows or anything. I think they've got like a half a dozen spare Naru in a closet or something. <laughs> They're just they sort of providing that. And you managed to collectively piss them all off. <laughs> so so you basically are about to get nuked by the Holy Light when Darian kind of goes, no, and pushes you out of the way. He takes the brunt of the blast, and Lich King's like, you know, Darian would work as a horseman. Bring him on back. I mean, so... he's not a popsicle, but... <laughs> Of of annoying people, yeah, he's pretty cool. All right, cool. Plus, he's on critical role, so I like him for that. So, yeah. <laughs> by the way, in case you don't know, um, Talison Jaffe is the voice of Darian. I was going to uh, say, no. don't you spoil critical role for anybody. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying the actor Talison Jaffe, Jaffe is the voice of uh, Darian. Of Darian. Yeah, so, he does Darian yeah. and he does Admiral Ripsnarl, I think, uh, from Dead Minds, the Warden. Maybe. That's him. I d- I just know that he's He does he's a couple Darian. other voices too, I think, but those are the big ones. Darian's the biggest. He's been doing Darian since Wrath of Lich King, I think. Yep. So. so you basically, the guy who was the most leery of the whole Lich King deal is now the Lich King's devoted servant. So you handed that guy over to the Lich King to serve him directly as one of the four horsemen. <sighs> uh, good job. Then you go and upset every red dragon every red dragon possibly you kill a whole bunch of them depending on what you do i'm not going to spoil this for you but you go and upset all the red dragons and then you raise one of them from the dead as your mighty steed yeah so, because yeah. that there's nothing problematic about that 
There's no way this will come back to bite you. No way. And you do all of it at the behest of the Lich King. Because, Bovar you know, the Lich King really wants the best for you. <laughs> yeah. And it, it really is. This entire expansion is just like, there's an old uh, Dana Gould comedy bit where he said he wanted the guy to live in his closet. And every time he was going to do something bad, the guy would come out of the closet with a top hat on and go, mistake, really loud. <laughs> That's been going on this whole expansion, except you're too busy completely ignoring that guy because somebody just goes, oh, hey, yeah, I totally put the con- the, the uh, communicator that the Lich King wanted in on up top. You didn't ask me, the Death Lord. No, no, no. I just did it because the Lich King said to. Okay. That was the best part where the where you got back to Acherus and, and you know the Lich the 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 he's a Lich right? Uh, yeah, the mouth is out of. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the Lich. The Lich is just like, hey, by the way, put in the Wi-Fi. You've got a direct line <laughs> to the boss now. It's the coolest thing ever. You should go up. Just just go up there. Just go up there and have a chat. It's evil he, voices forever in your head. He just wants to say hi, and you go up there, and he's like. He's like, and and immediately, like, there's no hello. There's no, hey, how's it going? Hey, how's that whole campaign against the Burning Legion? No, he's immediately <laughs> hops into the helm of domination shows me many things. And it's like, okay, is it like a VR helmet? I don't understand. And then he's like, I'm going to hook you up with a sweet ride. <laughs> It's only gonna. It's only gonna require you to upset every single red dragon in the world. And I mean, at that point, you just kind of throw your hands in the air and say, "What are you gonna do?" I mean, you're already dead. <laughs> I, you know, I have irritated already just about everybody. So yeah, sure. What I mean, we're I trying got... to say here is that if you've never played a death knight, you should use your one ten boost on a death knight and play through all that stuff because it's real it, it's... good. <laughs> It's an astonishing feat of storytelling. It might be the best Order Hall campaign. It's so good. Yeah, it's really good. Um, the Paladin and Priest ones are really good. Um, Monk one's pretty fun, but I honestly feel like the Death Knight one takes the absolute cake for just being yeah. crazy, rollicking, nutty storytelling. And but it's all stuff of... that you know is going to come back and bite us in the butt eventually. Every it's it, it literally is bad decisions. The 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 Death Knight Order campaign. Literally, if it was a movie, it would be like bad decisions. <laughs> just you know, there would be like womp womp music playing every time you, you just know said, how, "All right." You know how they did that old like the old thing in between commercials where it was like the more you know, and it had the rainbow with the star. It's like that except for the rainbow and the star over the top of it. It just says, "This was a mistake." Like throughout yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> or, like seriously, or those things where they're like you know. I don't see anything wrong having to us narrator's voice. Something wrong came to them. Like it would literally be there to be a narrator going at this point, they were in too deep. <laughs> they just need to hire Ron Howard. <laughs> to, like, <laughs> provide the oh, backup yeah. narration through all of this. Yeah. What, arrested development what style. <laughs> what start. the whole campaign really made me wonder is like, okay, do death knights really have as much free will as they think they do? Because, okay, you have death knights and they're supposedly, they broke free of the Lich King and now they have free will. Except you go into Legion and it's like, oh, the Lich King asked, asked us to do something. And I think it's a really terrible idea, but let's do it anyway. Because it's like every terrible thing he asks you to do, it's someone is like, this is a really bad idea. And everyone's like, okay, let's do it. Up to and including invading Light's Hope Chapel, which you did for the last Lich King, and it went really badly for you, and you do it again, and the exact 
same thing happens. The same guy, Yes, yes. It's the literal same thing happens. And it's like, you did this before, and it did not work, and nothing has changed that will make it work now. And you're just going and doing it again because you really the should have asked you. You really should have learned a thing or two from Corfax, and you did not. <laughs> hey, he, he didn't like, show up this time. No. I felt like I, I felt like I had a chance. I was waiting <laughs> for it. I was waiting for him to just come out of the woodwork. I, honestly, when Leadrin and, and, and Brightman came at me, I thought this might be kind of hard, but I managed it. But the whole time, I'm thinking it isn't Corfax. <laughs> at least it isn't Corfax. <laughs> But it's just like, why are we doing this? I can see that we might have an arrangement of convenience with the Lich King, because the Lich King is kind of lending us a hand, building our power. But it's like, do we really have free will anymore? Because we are doing the stuff that we know is a bad idea. I think but we're point, doing it anyway. I think at this point, Darian Mograine absolutely doesn't. And that's going to be important moving forward. Because he, that guy's a horseman now. No, so, yeah, he, I don't... Went, he went from saying, I don't know if this is a good idea, but okay, we'll try it out and let's see how it goes, to let's do things for the Lich King. And it's really sad. I wrote a Know Your Lore about Darian Mograine eh, a couple months ago. If y'all want to read it, you probably should. I really liked how that one turned out. I thought I did a good job writing it, and I had a lot of fun writing it, because Darian is very much, he is a very tragic figure. And what happened to him, he didn't deserve what happened to him at all. Um, but yeah, that I think, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up emails there just because we're running over on time right now. Um, and we'll go ahead and wrap up the show here too. We do have other emails here, but we'll just carry them over to next week. It's okay. Uh, anyway, once again, you guys, if you do enjoy our show, consider checking out Curiosity Stream at blizzardwatch.com slash curiosity. Every new subscription helps support our show and everything that we do. Um, you can find all kinds of documentaries covering all kinds of things. You get a week for free, and subscriptions start at two ninety nine. So, hey, you know, cheaper than Netflix. Considerably more stuff on there that's really entertaining to watch, and they do switch things up on a weekly basis. Blizzard Watch. It's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzardwatch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Okay, thank you very much, Ann. Uh, again, if you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzardwatch so we know it's for this show. Thank you guys really so much for listening. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast, and we'll be here next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.